0: I was recently, recently on a media project, and as I was filming something, I was sitting there talking to the photographer, and we got to chatting about collections and stuff, and he starts telling me this great story. So this goes out to, definitely not a listener, uh, Stephen, middle name not asked for, last name not given. Um, hmm. We're talking about collections, and he's a photographer, and you know, he's like, I started, I started realizing I had, I, I had a lot of old Polaroid cameras. And I was kind of buying them anytime I saw one, these old Polaroid cameras, you know, the pop up and they click out the white thing. And he's like, "You see them at a thrift store? An old friend has one they don't want anymore, and you're a photographer." And he's like, "And so he's like, man, I was talking to a, a journalist I knew, and I was like, ah, man, I got like hundreds of these things. I got like a, I got. He just like, I, I kept saying like, man, I got like a hundred. I got like a hundred Polaroids. So the journalist goes, oh, actually." Colleague of mine is writing a story about collections. Can they come out and do like a little photo essay? And he's like, Yeah, sure. Send them out and I'll get them all together. And so this friend, this new friend of mine, Stephen, he gathers all of his Polaroids together. He's like, So I had 12. <laughs> <laughs> so like, his
1: in the shop right now. <laughs> <cancel so>. me. <laughs> Caught me at a bad time. I was like,
0: yeah. Hey, man. The way you were talking about it, that almost sounded like you had a problem. That, this, this is like a good thing, like a great ending. He's like, no, I went out and had 60 more by the end of the day. <laughs> and I was like, well, at least you got that out of your system. And he's mm. like, no, I'm the current Guinness World Record holder with 1600 on display.
2: <laughs> wow.
0: I'm just saying, my hat goes off to the ultimate double down. Yeah, just yeah. to
3: not look like a dumbass in front of someone. Yeah, exactly. That is in a because it's not even going to be
0: the person you talk to. It's a different reporter you've never
3: met. Yeah, right. Stranger who didn't didn't need to come out. No, you could have just said, uh, "Sorry, explosive diarrhea. Don't come out today." And then this, there you go. You're done. Spike
0: this collection. Guinness World Record could have been an email.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a problem, but I had to go and develop one this, <laughs> in an afternoon time because I boasted about having one. time to check in on those new year's resolutions I, I know a lot of people resolve to be healthier and easy to start off that first week the first week's pretty easy but now it's getting tougher and so we want to we want to check in on you little captain travis that you are members of the little listening members of the listening audience how are you feeling how you been how's, how's your health how's your uh, how's your vitality how are your humors? When's the last time you thought about invigorating your nervous system? <clears throat> Have you even been monitoring for consumption, dyspepsia, marasmus, or scrofula? <laughs> hmm. I haven't been monitoring. People aren't even talking about this. I went to the New York Times app on my phone today. I searched scrofula, <laughs> and the first article that came up was from 1888. Oh, man. Hmm. Why does the mainstream media not care about (laughs) you?
3: The mainstream media is burying all the scrofula content. Mm -hmm. COVID (laughs) this, long
2: COVID that, unknown complications this. Mm -hmm. What about scrofula people? (laughs) I had a man who had long scrofula.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was a real bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, little Captain Travis, we care about you. This week, we're talking about it. We're going to talk about cures for tuberculosis. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about how to get over a bad case of the scrofula. This week on the Free Legal Advice podcast, we're going to talk medical history and get into some of the more interesting ways doctors have treated their patients throughout the ages. And I think we should probably have a a disclaimer of some sorts here at the top. Um, We are legal experts... And Mm -hmm. yes, everything we say is legal fact and you can swear by it in front of a judge based on what we say. I think that's what happens in courtrooms. You swear Mm -hmm. in front of judges. However, disclaimer, we are not medical experts. Some of these, uh, try these barbaric health remedies at your own risk uh, that we're about to discuss. Uh, But like they say in the Hippocratic Oath, You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Am I right, people? Uh, That's part of the oath. That is part of the oath. So I started going down this rabbit hole of reading. You know, you hear about this, like, back in the day, they did this crazy medical thing, and you're like, what the fuck? And then I clicked on the next thing and the next thing. Next thing you know, I checked out a book at the library. I will be, most of my material, not all, but most of the material is going to be coming from the book, Quackery, A Brief History of the Worst Ways to Cure Everything by Lydia Kang, friend of the pod.
0: Not to be confused with quackery, the raising of uh, waterfowl. (laughs) Uh, Also by Lydia, same.
3: Or uh, Ben's uh, sister podcast that he does with Elmer Fudd,
2: Quackery. (laughs) They talk Mm -hmm. about the best quackers. (laughs) Mm. Oh, God. Hey, the, the this stuff is easy to make fun of these quack remedies and stuff or you know. But I just wanted to say that you know things might seem silly now but they might have a root in a a simpler time. Um Gallagher, you're familiar with his act, uh the late great Gallagher. Um he took his act word for word and blow for blow from his dad who was a chiropractor. That was his dad's full chiropractic treatment routine and mm-hmm. uh Oh, now it's comedy the in the modern age where we're smarter than all that. But, uh, you know, people used to believe in chiropractic.
3: It was a private, uh, like, a, you know, treatment, of course, so there wasn't a splash zone, unfortunately. <laughs> no. You know,
2: no, 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 The no. first two rows did not get wet because there were no rows in, you know, his dad's practice. Well, when people would watch, he would call that the bone zone, but then it turned <laughs> that that changed, too.
1: No. In his private practice, were people... Was the patient the watermelon, or would he put a watermelon on the patient and smash the watermelon on top? Oh,
2: no. He just hit him over the back with a a hammer. I mean, now they just uh, jump on top of you and twist and push on you and stuff. And they're like, look, now you're not allergic to peanut butter anymore. You know, (laughs) it's basically the same dumb shit. All of our ills come
3: from the back, and it's just being in the wrong position. Although it's amazing how it gets back into that wrong position by next Tuesday.
1: Oh, man. God dang it. Look, there's They're enough. are so good
3: at fixing things that you go to them for the rest of your life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. How now. is this
2: hard to understand? The plumber's like, I just got to come back once a week and then <laughs> take a look at your sink and crack your sink. I just got to crack your sink once
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. every week
2: for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, there's enough content out there for many episodes. Uh, perhaps we'll have some follow-ups. I'm not even going to get into chiropractic today, although it has... Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, we could check with our omnibudsman. I think Ben did once uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to say omnibudsman as, as I've noticed as uh, <laughs> proudly as I can each episode, <laughs> just to see Grant's face. We can check with our omnibudsman. <laughs> I think Ben, uh, we did once go off on a bit about chiropractic, but I forget. But uh, leave that up to the. Omnibudsman. <laughs>
3: <laughs> where's Porky Pig when you need to pronounce Omnibudsman? Grant.
2: Right. <laughs> so, so,
1: I I think uh, for our purposes today, I'm just going to focus on a few uh, a few early parts of this book quackery and some of the associated things that I uh, have have dug up for us here, and we start with uh, various elements. Uh, meaning, like the periodic table elements. Mm. That's right, folks. It's going to be a periodic table episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another one. <laughs> hope you uh, know your chemistry, because I sure as hell don't. But uh... so,
0: Matt, I don't know my way around um, uh, this book that you're talking. Like I said, I read the one Rot ducks, but I'm guessing every time that we like discovered or like quantified like a new element someone's like what happens if you, what if we rubbed it on all of us mm.
1: Corey, cory <laughs> are are you a doctor from the 1700s because <laughs> have you <laughs> do you have serotonin? no but if the liquid burns you should probably put it in a hole of
0: yours exactly <laughs> it's basically it
1: basically goes like this we found a thing um put it on you Stick it in you to make it to make all the stuff come out, and then also will it help with sex? I think that's uh, basically mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the doctor formula of the ages. But
2: but what about my cancer? Uh, boner research first. Boner research
1: first. We'll get to your, <laughs> your cancer later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with mercury. Throughout the ages, mercury has been used as a cure for melancholy, constipation, syphilis, influenza, parasites, and more. Um, mm, it's a cure-all. Yes, it has been Sounds used. Sounds pretty bitchy. Can you call it, can, can you say it's been used as a cure, or it, do you say it has been used as an attempt to cure to cause all of many, uh,
3: yeah. It's been used I as a cause. It was <laughs> used as a cure, however. Yeah. The cure for asterisk? and
1: cause of many other ailments. <laughs> yeah. So, as we know, Mercury is this... Liquid metal at room temperature, so it's got all in ancient times it has all these, um, you know, mystical properties. But believe it or not, you can have too much of a good thing, even mercury. (laughs) (laughs) Doctors tell me now can be toxic. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is uh, the first time hearing of this. Mercury toxicity causes, uh, of many things, uh, but one thing that causes is drooling, and again. Ancient, uh, you know, the further back you go in medicine, it's like, well, you got a lot of stuff floating around and you. Let's get some of that out of you. And so um, a 16th century doctor said, quote, effective doses of mercury are achieved when at least three pints of saliva have been produced. Three pints of saliva? Three pints. (laughs) Wait, wait. Are you saying, like, you get
0: a mercury in... In your body, yeah. on your body, near yeah. your body, until you have drooled three pints worth.
1: That's how you know three it's working. Three beer glasses full you're of drool, and
0: you're like, I think I'm feeling the mercury. <laughs>
1: I'm good yes, to go. That is correct.
0: All right, now you're not a sinner. Move it next. <laughs>
1: Sins <laughs> yep. have been paid. Uh, I don't. How big know is a ghost? I, mean, pints, I don't know. Three
0: pints, I guess. Yeah. Well, well, Matt, you know, mercury drool is a cure for something else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
3: And also an aphrodisiac. One, one hand against the other.
1: <laughs>
3: one hand makes the other one
1: erect. Um. <laughs> Did that earlier today. Uh, Doctor Benjamin Rush, <laughs> a signer of the Declaration of the Independence, was a huge mm. proponent of mercury. In fact, he consulted with Lewis and Clark on their expedition. He he supplied them with several hundred of his mercury pills for their expedition west, he told them, quote, when you feel the least indisposition, gently open the bowels by means of one, two, or more of the purging pills. Gently open
3: them. In the way that the jaws of life may gently open a car door.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, his his, uh, mercury pills were marketed as Dr. Rush's thunderbolts or Dr. Rush's thunderclappers. So that's <laughs> that's how gently they open those bowels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you have you have to
0: realize just for a second Lewis and Clark were not the only expedition those mercury snacking idiots were the ones that were lucky enough to
1: come back after being saved by Indians the whole time. <laughs> Think <Right. laughs> of how much mercury everyone else was pounding. Yeah, their <laughs> native guides are just like shaking their heads, and they're like laying back, they're just popping their mercury pills. <laughs> like,
0: Rub some in my ear. <laughs> the
2: natives keep saying the same thing over and over again, and the translation is just these assholes keep eating mercury. <laughs> 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 there they go again. The fuck is wrong with them? We've tried to
3: barter with the Native Americans. They have no thermometers, though. We're running low. <laughs> uh,
1: some fun science. They actually, uh, I don't, I don't know the details of like how they found the, you know, following their the Lewis and Clark's trail. They there's very clearly a place that they used <laughs> as trail a latrine, of mercury. <laughs> and they tested this latrine, and there were traces of mercury uh, at the site. So it, apparently, they were taking the pills, and they worked. Right? Um, they didn't yeah. die.
0: You <laughs> still remember them as the living uh, survivors yeah, exactly. uh, that they were. Every dangerous creatures like you want to eat them? Oh no, they're shitting mm. themselves retarded. What is happening over <laughs> they're there.
1: literally shitting mercury. <laughs> I think that they're literally a toxic. Yeah. So uh, Dr. Rush was like oh, you know like I said he had the the pills that he's pushing, he was just like the more mercury the better. A 1960 study of historical data on his on his patients showed that He had a 46% fatality rate uh, for the patients that he treated. That's not bad. Under 500. (laughs) Better than half. Better than a coin flip. Better than half survived. That's better than a coin flip. I like those Uh odds. A popular medicinal form of mercury was calomel, or mercury, mercury chloride, which is a dry white powder. This entered Western medicine in the early 1600s, and... During the early 18th and 19th centuries, it was used sparingly, but by the 1840s, it was being prescribed in heroic doses. Calomel was viewed as a panacea Mm -hmm. for everything, including syphilis, bronchitis, cholera, ingrown toenails, gout, tuberculosis, influenza, and cancer.
0: I'm, I'm shocked youth isn't on that list as well. of like yeah. oh, is young and I can't stand him. Have we tried filling their, <laughs> filling their world full of mercury?
2: I just assume, like, you've got the, an ingrown toenail and then you've got, like, a kid's sandbox shovel and you're just shoveling that white powder in your mouth. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. A heroic dose to get rid of that hangnail. Oh, yeah.
3: That was the eleventh labor of Hercules. I don't know why they don't talk about that one. They talk about <laughs> the ten that he definitely did. Then there was that eleventh one, and then we don't hear
1: about Hercules anymore. I don't, yeah. I don't know what happened. He ate three pints of calomel. <laughs> that was the end of Hercules. <laughs> well, calomel is a potent cathartic, which is a sophisticated way of saying it will violently empty your bowels into the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Constipation so, had long been associated as uh, you know. There's trouble if you're constipated. There's troubles ailing the body. So we got to get that out. And if you think about it, that like doctors today are still going to say like, "How's your stool? How's, how are your bowel movements?" And it's it's like a well, valid sure. question to ask and to diagnose. Yeah, it's what you do about the diagnosis to treat that. Is that yeah. you know? Is I think what fiber matters. and water, Should not mercury. mercury. <laughs> I mean, right. shotgun this thermometer, please. <laughs> The dollop
2: has pointed out many times like the the diet of people back then was just like meat, 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 fried meat, fried meat, 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 alcohol, 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 fried meat, 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 meat. They were <laughs> constipated. What do you mean? How? I don't understand how. I would think the fried meat would help counteract some of the meat and the alcohol would <laughs> bind you up. Right? Wouldn't that dehydrate you and help it? you? Yeah.
0: I love the idea that we grew up with the food pyramid, but they just had that how to slaughter a hog like cuts of a different pig thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's their pyramid. Well, let's see. Uh, a healthy meal is loin, chops, brisket. <laughs> wash it down with a thermometer full of mercury.
2: A flagon mm. of mercury. I like a flagon of mercury better. That'll wash it out. uh uh, uh not for drinking, Ben.
3: <laughs> wash it up. Yeah. <laughs> <With
2: everything. laughs> wash it up. It goes the other direction. Uh, that's true, too. They're like... So you and I are learned men, Grant. You know, and we're like studying the person. Mm-hmm, of course we pour we some are. mercury down their gullet, and it's like nothing happens. The next patient, it's like, no, oh, hear me out, Grant. Hear me out. <laughs> There's another <laughs> way in, you see. <laughs> you turn them over, and you're mm-hmm. like, we can put it in the bunghole.
3: Yep. Yes. One cannot enter a building through the exit, but one can exit the <laughs> building.
2: Hmm. Then hmm. you get the flag in, and I take my
1: ear horn off, and I put that in their butthole, and then you uh, just pour the mm-hmm. mercury take right. Take your in. ear trumpet. Well, yeah. Well, one of the most popular uses, uh, and and this is true of like all many of the crazy things we're going to talk about, uh, is when kids are teething. God damn it, they won't shut the hell up. They are, they're them. crying. They've got problems. So one of the most popular uses Fucking of calomel was for teething, uh, such as the patent <laughs> medicine. <laughs> You're gonna shit your guts out. That'll teach you to cry about your teeth, little fucker.
0: <laughs> now you got something to cry about. Yeah. Dehydration.
1: Doctor Moffat's Tithena Powder quote strengthens the child, relieves the bowel troubles of children of any age. For some reason, any age is in all caps. Is that like a mm-hmm. wink, wink? Like it'll make you three poop days too? old? <laughs> Fuck him. <clears throat> Never mind, he's teething.
2: Why are you relieving his bowels? But I know he's teething. Again,
1: that's probably why they're crying because they just need to poop.
2: Um, um, I'm all stopped up. Um, it was Wing Night. Um, <laughs> yung, yung, yung. Like no, they're,
1: they're, they're getting their teeth. The the uh, the package of Doctor Tith, uh, Moffat's Tithina powder also said, "quote We'll make baby fat as a pig." And there's a little pig with a baby <laughs> head on it. <laughs> Hell yeah! I got the right idea with that
2: one. At least
0: if you take it while uh, if you're on it while becoming pregnant, you may have a. Uh... Pig bodied
1: baby head. Could <laughs> on,
0: dude, whole thing.
3: Yeah, they didn't have Photoshop back in that was just a picture.
1: Calomel <laughs> was also sometimes called worm candy or worm chocolate because it was used to cure parasites and it actually was somewhat effective in curing certain parasites. Oh, but come again, on, of course. It's not so much that it's a pressure washer for your guts. Exactly, like you could drink bleach and it might kill that parasite as well. But it, just because it gets the parasite, there are some other. It's more concerned about what other things does it do to you. Drink a bucket of practice balls, you know, or
2: or, or tennis balls or whatever. And uh, in theory, if you get that rammed through you enough times, it should
1: scrub your guts clean. But well, other ways, you know. Let's stay on the topic of pooping and cleaning out your guts quickly leave mercury, and let's go to uh, the element antimony. So Mm -hmm. there's a number of ways that something can make you poop. One is just to make sure something irritates your intestines so much that they're just forced to evacuate. Enter the antimony pill. Wing night. Antimony, atomic number 51 on the periodic table. Will do just that. They will get your bowels moving. But the interesting thing about these pills, and perhaps you've heard the story before, unlike our one time use pharmaceuticals today, these metal pills were heavy. And after passing through the bowels, they were uh, dutifully retrieved from the latrine, washed, and reused over and over again. The quote, everlasting pills or perpetual pills. Were often handed down from generation to generation as heirlooms.
0: <laughs>
1: wait, 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 wait. Are are you saying, are you saying it's like we
0: found a poisonous rock that if you eat it shits yeah. your brains out, and then still get the rock, get that rock back for the yes. next time you want to shit your brains out. It's the poop rock. This is like eating your cake and having it too, but it's like eating your shit causing rock and having mm, it too. Shitting
2: up, yeah. It's, <laughs> And dutiful retrieval is uh, a favorite. The dutiful thing of like, sir, yes, sir. You know, uh, you're Mm -hmm. uh, Yep.
0: going in after it. Hey, so eat this rock because then you'll shit. But I need this rock back. (laughs) I'm going to need it back. (laughs) So you're shitting because we live in a time before soap and I need that rock back. I'm sure you could even go to a gas station back then and it's
2: got like a stick, you know, it's chained to a stick, you know, so you gotta give it back to them, (laughs) like the bathroom key.
3: The antimony rock's got a big, like wooden, uh, big wooden thing, yeah. And
2: then you give it back to them. I'm gonna need that
1: back. That's uh, that's my firstborn son's inheritance.
2: Uh... Hey man, you got a shit rock?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. My daughter's dowry. Yep. To my firstborn, I leave my home, my property, (laughs) and all of my wealth. To my second born, my antimony pill, Use it in good health. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the older ones like well, I'm be so constipated. The shit pebble. hmm Actually, talking uh, speaking of inheritance, I thought this was just a real quick swing through the, the uh substance arsenic. Uh and a lot of stories about, you know, arsenic, people getting poisoned, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I thought it was funny. Arsenic was known as, quote, the king of poisons, end quote quote, the poison of kings, (laughs) quote, oh, yeah. (laughs) And inheritance powder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty clever.
0: (laughs) Did it also get a blue Mm. ribbon in 1984 or whatever? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, The
3: champagne of poisons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the poison for champagne.
1: Yes. It works equally well. Let's move on to a little more flashy cure-all. Gold, literally flashy, huh? See how that I did that? Um, In the 19th century, desperate for a search for a cure for syphilis, gold was brought back onto the medical medicinal scene. Uh, Even though mercury was far more loved when it came to treating the STD, some turned to gold, searching for a less caustic solution uh, than mercury as a, a syphilis treatment. Um, thus the gold condom was born was (laughs) forged sorry like many medicines that were used to treat syphilis at the time it seemed to work because apparently I'm not saying this from personal experience apparently syphilis uh, the symptoms of syphilis will naturally abate for a while they go into like a dormant period and then then they come raging right back I guess but uh, Mm, so mm. they started using gold and it seems like it's working so gold then Was back as a popular cure-all in the form of pills, lozenges, gold salt powders for the gums, um, and much, much more. Hey, Matt, does it say they
0: want the gold pill back? (laughs) Because if they wanted,
1: they want the antimony back, but uh,
3: the
0: gold. Well, you can keep. So how do you cure syphilis? Well, we pour this poison all over your body. Uh, Let's track gold first. (laughs) Let's track gold first all over my body.
3: Yes, please treat me with gold. All of the gold you have, I'll put it in my... I'll stop it in my treat. I'll swallow it later, I
1: swear. I feel
0: much better covered in gold. My syphilis seems to be going away.
1: So... Here's a fun gold story. Dr. Leslie Keeley, a Union Army surgeon in the Civil War, saw how many uh, veterans were plagued with alcohol addiction. Fortunately, he had a cure for alcoholism, gold. Quote, alcoholism is a disease and I can cure it. Goldschlager? End quote. His treatment was referred to as, as he called it, double chloride of gold, centered on a secret preparation that he claimed... uh, the secret w- of which the secret was gold. Um, he used a combination gold tonic and gold injections to treat patients at his sanitarium. And you know it's good if it's happening at a sanitarium. Nothing ain't nothing yeah. bad oh, yeah. ever happened at a sanitarium. What what could happen that would be bad? <laughs> I can't yeah. even think of anything. Such a clean-sounding name. Yeah.
2: His his cure. Uh, okay, his cure notwithstanding. So, guy's an alcoholic. He checks into the sanitarium. He has to stay there for weeks. No alcohol, and then he ha- he hasn't had a drop of alcohol by too many leaves. <laughs> he's, he's clean. <laughs> yeah, he's scared. He's clean. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh huh. That's also called tying someone to a bed. That's a thing. Uh, yeah, the leather cure
1: is much cheaper than the gold cure. But all right. Well, they're. You know he's got this tonic and this injection, and there there was some success, Ben. And so some people scratching their heads wondering oh. how is it that this gold is working. So some uh, skeptics and competitors did a chemical analysis of his treatment. They could not find measurable amounts of gold in either the tonic or the injections. The tests did reveal, however, that his type hypodermic injections contained. Morphine, Cannabis, Cocaine, Strychnine, and Atropine. <laughs> and his tonic... Nice. Fuck beer. <laughs> as far as his tonic revealed, the proprietary potion contained 28% alcohol. <laughs>
3: yep.
1: <laughs> but it was... So these were marketed to kids. Yeah, it was only for kids then. It
3: was it was capped at 28. So these yeah. were like... Um, Watered down whiskey.
0: Admiral Billingsley's uh, nap time buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Nap time buddies.
3: <laughs> it makes baby go to sleep. Put a little on the gums, put a little in the butthole, and you're right to sleep. <laughs>
0: Once the baby's down, put a little on your gums, put a yes, little the put it on your phone. <laughs> he's, I, I love he's
2: he's a doctor or a scientist or something. He just did the same thing as a kid does when they go to a soda machine and they're like, little Dr. Pepper, little Mountain Dew, little Pepsi, <laughs> mm-hmm. little Big Red, Uh little He sprite, got a suicide, but th- this is where yep. they got the name suicide right. from. <laughs> exactly, people were. <laughs> used to just be called
1: a mix until that mix became a, a mm-hmm. yeah. Let's move on to Radon. Here's a little fun side story. In Delicious. 1927, Eben Byers, a wealthy 47-year-old industrialist, socialite, and ladies' man, was coming home from the Yale-Harvard football game on his private train. Mm-hmm. There, already, you, can, you got this... The seat is set for this bastard who has a private train uh, so he can go watch the Yale-Harvard football game. He's having a party on the train. During this raucous party, he falls and sustains an arm injury. But let's assume he's wearing a, a coonskin cap and doing the Lindy Hop, right? That I, that's got to be uh, all. <laughs> Those work together. All anachronisms are welcome here in this uh, little mm-hmm. vignette that we're telling. Um, so he turns to his private physicians for his arm pain. They can't do anything until one of them uh, suggests uh, prescribes Radithor which is a radium-based cure oh, for over 150 maladies. Each bottle mm. contains 2 microcuries of radium. Starts taking this uh, Radathor, his arm actually starts to feel better, so he is convinced and starts drinking 3 bottles a day even though only one was prescribed. The more more's got to be better, right? Mm-hmm. Still one bottle of radiation poison a day. Uh, well, he can aff- because he's a rich bastard. He and he can afford it. You know, this was like a luxury medicine. But he's like, I- I'm going to drink three a day. By 1931, he had received the equivalent radiation to several thousand X-rays. And uh, I-, I like this quote in the book. Unfortunately for buyers, this level of radiation didn't turn him into a Marvel superhero. It slowly and huh? gruesomely killed him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, no shit.
1: Yeah, it never uh, turns
0: anyone into a Marvel superhero. They say it like there was an option. Like now it didn't turn him <laughs> into
3: unlike Which all other patients who right. took these pills. Hey, <laughs> right. he was right. the Which one in a million.
0: Every human being hopes for and is a possibility, but this mm-hmm. time, I'm still thinking of his cancer. private
2: train, like. It's that it doesn't even like it's not a private train car, but he's got a whole private train, and that he doesn't even have to follow the other tracks. He just has them laying tracks in front of it. Like you can go anywhere, you can go downtown with that thing. <laughs> got a whole team of people laying track. Mm. Take fast. it out for a
1: spin.
0: It's an engine. Yep. It's just dragging cars down the main street. Wheels he's driving stemming. right next to actual railroad tracks. C-
3: sir, couldn't you just inch your ra- No, no, yep.
0: no. I like the view from here.
2: With a giant leaking head <laughs> and glowing eyes. <laughs> right. No, <laughs> yeah. no,
1: my own tracks, my own tracks. I don't know if it had addictive properties or he just uh, was full like full of himself, surely I know best. And uh, he, he continued to drink these three bottles a day, basically right up until his death. He weighed 92 pounds. His jaw was mostly removed. His... Uh, his brain was obsessed. I don't even know what that means, but that doesn't sound good. Um, but not sound was, good. It was so bad. He literally had to be buried in a lead coffin because he was so radioactive. <laughs> and oh, shit.
3: Imagine if he were obese, he had to be buried in a lead piano case.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt. If they buried him in a lead coffin, they knew what the fuck radiation was and that he was it. And that at some point, yeah, like that, that meant they're just like, oh, so when old man Carruthers dies or whatever this guy's name is, they're like, you know he's radioactive. We can see him glowing from here. Like, yeah. People what knew. about the
2: groundwater? God damn it. There's just lead and radioactivity that you're just dumping in the ground. They're like, well, you know, to protect any grave robbers. For- <laughs> uh, what, what do you mean a lead coffin? Isn't that okay? <laughs> <laughs> the whole groundwater of <laughs> the city's destroyed. Uh
1: well, his good job, his, guys. Good job. Uh, his anecdote is, is because he was like rich and famous, um doc And it's not the only; it's not the like the first time people caught on to it. But like his st- his story helped publicize the the doctors who were waving a flag saying, "Hey, radio radiation is bad, radon is bad. Stop putting it in medicines." Not a cure all. And um, his story kind of became the like, uh you know, popular. Uh, thing that kind of pushed the needle back towards like maybe we shouldn't be doing this Matt, real quick, is this the guy who when he died his last words
0: were either those curtains are radi- irradiated to death or I am <laughs> 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 I like that his jaw was mostly removed, which
2: means that it just had a little yeah. gold chain that went up to his skull, like it was opera glasses or something. Like, hold on. No, I don't want to sell stock in U.S. steel. And then he put it back in his pocket, you know?
0: <laughs> so no jaw, but, you, but he can still chug his radiation poison, right?
3: hmm still got enough. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. He'd have to put that up there and hold it so you'd have something to pour it into.
0: I can still swallow, <laughs> <laughs> not comfortably.
1: Well, before he died, uh, and the the while the radiation craze was still on, uh, there were so many products on the market. One of the popular things was a radon water infuser. You'd get like a big metal um, urn that was like. Uh, Radiation, uh, you know, like it was, it had some sort of radioactive element in it. You just fill your, you'd fill it with water and use it like as a spigot, and then that way your water would be infused with radon. And you, can you imagine? Just like people do with
2: carbonating uh, water today, it's the same. Yeah. it's a soda stream of the 1800s. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Ron Popeel, said it and forget it water poisoner. <laughs> All the ladies who are at work with their, you know, their big 32 ounce water mug, like, gotta get my water in today, but you know, instead of like their water <laughs> mug is glowing yellow. <clears throat> uh other radium-containing products included beauty cream, salves, soaps, toothpaste, and yes, even radium cigarettes. Uh Ooh. that was one of the four <laughs> oh, yeah. more for her. <laughs> You're not getting near enough cancer from cigarettes. <laughs> Our last uh Radon product, though, was the radio, the radi, radiendocrinar, endocrinator. It was a gold plated harness you could wear around the body part you wanted to rejuvenate. Quote, ionize the endocrine glands to lighten up the dark recesses of the body. It could even be worn under the scrotum with a special jock strap rigged up to energize the uninspired penis. Ooh. <laughs> My
2: penis is, hey doctor, my penis is listless and uninspired. (laughs) Is your penis stricken with all we?
0: (laughs) we
1: All we is a perfect term for the penis.
3: That's that's where you apply it. You apply it right there.
1: Oh, have you? Maybe try showing your penis, remember the titans. That always gets me inspired. (laughs)
3: Yes.
1: (laughs) Watch Rudy. And of course there were radium suppositories and vaginal inserts, et cetera, et cetera. We haven't we haven't talked too much about women. Let's do a let's talk a quick side tour for some impotency and women's health issues. Look, we're for we're for men who are we to know and to be quite quite honest, uh I don't know a lot about what's going on in there, right? It's confusing. Uh
3: don't know, don't want to know.
1: The ancients, they didn't know either. They thought the womb was a mischievous and wondering organ.
0: Mm-hmm. Wandering.
1: Yep. One out of two ain't bad.
2: <laughs> it is mischievous, it did, but it stays put. <laughs> yeah, it stays
1: put.
0: But it's mischievous. It's like it's a white lotus what? situation. Someone took the lid off the salt and you can't impregnate me because I I move my womb it's my secret power like the white lotus or uh oh yeah I know what you
1: mean fellas they they were tracking it they had ways to track it down uh the wandering womb could be treated by putting foul smelling things near the nose to drive it away or sweet smelling things next to the vagina to call it back Mm. (laughs) also like a cat if you went (laughs) (laughs) right uh Hippocrates, the famous Greek, uh, said there was a clear communication channel between the mouth and vagina. Uh, to test for clear. impotency, rub garlic on the vagina. If she has garlic breath, it means she's potent. <laughs> <laughs> but if your neighbor have a garlic of breath. <laughs> 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 Let's say you don't smell garlic. To treat impotency, then, uh, Hippocrates says, you apply a r- special mixture of red niter, which is a soft mineral found in caves, along with cumin, resin, and honey, applied directly to the vagina for impotency.
0: Sweet taco crotch, what's happening here? <laughs> soft and heart shell and <laughs> shell. Mesquite-flavored pussy is what we're getting towards, and it's... It's a dry rub. It's a dry rub. <laughs> it's a dry rub. <laughs> <laughs>
3: They're
2: just flavor rubbins. I like my yep. Memphis style, but some Back, people like yeah. the,
3: the North Carolina or the, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, a, it's the dry rub versus the sauce, bitty cream, bitty. you know. Either way, you're going to need a bib. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to get pregnant, female <laughs> contraceptives, according to Trotta of Salerno, who was a woman, mm-hmm. so this must be true. She said, take a, you take a male weasel, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's where most cures start. Uh, <laughs> let its testicles be removed. Let them be removed. Let the woman just carry these. allow nature to take its yes, course. Just allow, 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 them, them. allow them to be removed. Stop stop impeding the removal of weasel testicles. It will, it
3: will free up many hours of free time for you uh, when you just stop. Stop preventing them just, from being removed.
0: Stay, stay there. Stay there.
3: So then uh, step three. Take a male yes.
1: weasel and let its testicles be removed. Let the woman carry these testicles in her bosom bosom, and t- let her tie them in a goose skin. She will not conceive. Yeah,
2: no shit. She's got rotting weasel nuts on her tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean,
1: exactly. <laughs> like, whoa, you are right. She will also not be having sex with anyone. Yes, yes no one will be anywhere near yeah. her. Our last uh, substance for the day, let's move into the plant world. There's something about this poppy plant, I'm told. It's been used uh, in a variety of medicinal purposes over the years. As we've already said, kids crying, you got to do something to shut them up, right? And going back as far as 1500 BCE, uh, teething, crying, you name it, opioids have been used to shut those fucking kids (laughs) up. Rub a little bit on the gum. You could take Grant's... uh, uh, scholarly approach, little bone the gums, little up the butt, <laughs> the gums and the bones. We call that a the flanking poppy. maneuver in medical terms. It's <laughs> actually be a sure pincer maneuver, Grant.
3: You got the yes, it's a pincer got attack, a pincer yeah. going on there. Yeah, you've you outflanked the oh, enemy. We're gonna now find it. Yep. To go?
2: Form a square. That's the basic.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what they'll do inside. They will form an infantry square. <laughs>
2: Form a a square! (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's the only way we're going to survive this cavalry pincer of opioids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, much can be said about the poppy throughout the ages, but let's fast forward to 1806. Morphine was discovered by a 21-year-old pharmacy assistant named Friedrich Sertuner. There's an umlaut in there, so I don't know how to say that. Uh... He was not a trained chemist, but he had been a pharmacy apprentice since he was 16 and was really into experimenting with the poppy. He had experimented with less pure ex- extracts on dogs and other animals, but in 1806, he derives pure morphine and decides to test it on himself and three others. I see what this shit did to dogs. <laughs> that's the coolest dog ever. <laughs> that that dog wrote, come as you are. <laughs> it's like That's pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> anyway <laughs> Try it out himself <laughs> According to his, uh, his Notes Quote The outcome was rapid and extreme It presented as exhaustion mad. And severe narcosis I fell into a dreamlike state He was concerned and immediately had everyone To drink vinegar to vomit it up The vomiting and, incos- and Intoxication sensation lasted For several days so he could he had the good shit it
2: was good shit <laughs> he had like a rolling Stones
1: hookup he had yeah, like a yeah, clean yeah. uh morphine then becomes the it drug you give it to kids, you give it to mom and dad and for God's sakes give it to the troops uh, so many civil war soldiers were addicted to morphine they they called opiate addiction itself soldier's disease yeah um so the poppy can give us morphine but Wait, there's more. Enter the Bayer Corporation. Right around 1900, Bayer starts manufacturing diacetyl morphine. I don't know shit about chemistry, but that's got more letters. Mm-hmm. It's probably more better mm-hmm. than the it's got first. Got at least two acetals in it. Time-release morphine. Diacetyl morphine is eight times as powerful as morphine. Uh, it makes people feel heroic, and so they trademark the name heroin. Mm quote, heroin clears the complexion, gives buoyance to the mind, (laughs) regulates the stomach and bowels, and is, in fact, a perfect guardian of health. (laughs) Clears the complexion. Super soldier berserk serum. How's my skin?
2: (laughs) (laughs) My son's got zits. Put him on smack.
0: (laughs) While Reddit, point him at the enemy because he's going to tear something (laughs) apart with his bare hands. Yeah.
1: The best part about morphine, (laughs) it was marketed as a cure for, or sorry, the best part about heroin is it was sold as a cure for morphine addiction. (laughs) (laughs) Classic. Uh, Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay, this is a Sackler thing.
1: I don't want anything to do with morphine anymore. Heroin, on the other hand. (laughs) 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 It's true. The Boston Medical Journal in 1900 wrote, quote, it is not a hypnotic and therefore or there is an absence of danger from acquiring the habit, but yeah, it must be they were like no longer addicted to morphine; they were now addicted to heroin. Yeah, this is one hundred percent the uh,
2: OxyContin situation.
1: Well, friends, the good news is that uh, after that little snafu in nineteen hundred with opioids, uh, they we figured it out, mm-hmm. and we've never nailed it, marketed or sold anything else uh, in the opioid family that is addictive or. Causes problems to the user or society, so um, we want to know. Whew. You got any? You got any oxy? Mm-hmm. Got, you holding? Let us know. Um, could use some pills. Email us at freelegaladvicepodcast at gmail
2: Yeah, or uh, if that's inconvenient for you and you want to give us drugs, you can DM me on Instagram. Uh, you can find <laughs> us. We are at Free Legal Advice Podcast.
1: And like Granoy says. Hop over to Threads. We'll show you what we do with those drugs in our gums and up our butt. Mm-hmm. We're on Threads at Free Legal Advice Podcast. And if you like the show, try heroin. Probably makes the show a little bit better. Probably makes it a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Probably makes everything
0: a lot better. And if, uh, if you're not into heroin, find uh, find whatever super heroin is out there right now. Your fentanyl uh, is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Fentanyl cures heroin
2: addiction. That's <laughs> Oh, yeah. Here's everything then.
3: Classic, 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 classic. A classic bit. Episode 211. It's gotta involve cutting off that Fu shoe.
2: Yeah, yep.
3: Yeah. Oh. I mean, he probably has one of those, the, the Naginata from the little kid.
2: Yeah, oh, uh, cuz nice. he's he's
3: learned to use real weapons now. Yeah. And uh, like he picks it up off the ground at like just as he like snaps it together, picks it up, thinking that well, of course he doesn't use real weapons, but mm-hmm. then, you know. Yeah, I slice. think uh
0: one of the little kids with a naginata gets up and runs at him and Hiro uh puts it together and like drop kicks the kid into like the kid's mm-hmm. holding spear into the mustache. Yes. And then yeah. the guys like who's to blame here? Did the kid cut it? Did I cut it? What's going on? And Hero drops he, he kicks yeah. the
2: four-year-old and it's the same as like an NFL kicker <laughs> at a kickoff, but then their football has like little <laughs> fabric, ar- <laughs> like black
0: football <laughs> arms and legs, <laughs> and you see him like kick the kid. <laughs> it's, it's the same G.I. Joe mask as before, but it's on a dog. <laughs> oh, we used a dog. We Don't worry. We kicked dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is only wearing the kid's pants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's wearing the pants, though.
2: <laughs> all right. So he's got the naginata, and he chops off the Fu man. And, and I Ju. think
1: once the food is cut, like it zooms in on his face, and yeah, like, it's like oh. oh, no. And, his, right, and yeah. his robe falls, and it zooms in, and he's got the tiniest little baby dick <laughs> that you've ever seen.
0: And his baby dick has the tiniest little Fu chew. It's not flattering <laughs> at all. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay we've got to have at least one beat where he tries one more time to do the, the thousand typhoons and it just yeah. he's off kilter now it's got to send him spinning it's going to snap yeah. his goddamn neck it can't work and
2: Hero plunges his sword right through Wu Chen's heart and then the movie just says the end. Yes. Uh-huh. He have doesn't even draw, any draw any- the sword <laughs> out. It's like the second it oh, goes in, just bam end. the end. Yeah. Yeah. That have <laughs> you ever that is a
0: that happens in some of these movies. Yeah. 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 As soon as the bad guy dies, they just go the end, and you're like, what <laughs> <laughs> cut to like a lounge karaoke version of some Asian song where all the lyrics are the word love.
1: <laughs> Turn internet over.